listening to a podcast from Light FM. It's the Light Breakfast with Asha and Terry, and today we continue our celebration of the Harvest Festivals. And with us today, we have Juvita Tatan Wan, founder of the Too Young Initiative. Hi, Juvita. How are you feeling today? How are you doing? I'm good, Terry. How are you? I am good as well. Really excited to have you here with us. And we're going to start off with the the main thing, the the beginning of it all. Tell us about your community, the Kenya Indigenous Group from Sarawak. What are some of the most unique aspects of of your heritage? So the Kenya people are actually found in central Borneo, Mm -hmm. uh, both on the Sarawak and Kalimantan side of the island. So our, our current population in Sarawak, I believe, is estimated to be less than 100,000. Oh. So which makes us, I think, one of the smaller indigenous groups. Uh, I mean, this is comparatively to, to the Iban, the Melanaus, the Bidayu, which are concentrated closer to the Kuching region. Right. But I think the real unique aspect of our heritage is in the various cultural expressions that we have. I suppose at some point was used in a more practical sense for yeah. our communities. So be it in poetic song, um, smithing, woodwork, uh, beading, weaving, basketry, developing of musical instruments and the likes. Uh, because uh, before embracing Christianity, I think we once practiced a form of religion, right. uh, which, which is a very complex and beautiful one. And one part of it, for example, we had shamans who embodied spirits, uh-huh. who then communicated messages to the people. Uh, so this is in teaching them ways to maintain a bountiful harvest or if they're ill, communicate ways to cure them. This process was what brought the inspiration to uh, the people right. in the making of the sape, which is the boat lute instrument that a lot of people are now familiar with. Right. Uh, so the making of baskets and smithing of you know machetes and things like that were all very practical practical uses but the beautification i think was inspired by something else you know be it by the natural environment the animal the plants the trees uh, but today you know most of us have embraced a branch of christianity and have also moved into urban centers mm. uh, but we still have a lot of pride in in where we come from and just to let you know terry our our company name too young is mm-hmm. a kenyak word uh, which actually means friend. Oh, too young means friend in Kenya. Yes, that makes it even even more uh, meaningful and more people can appreciate that better as well. Yeah. So, of mm-hmm. all of the the examples that you gave just now, are there any that you yourself appreciate the most or enjoy the most? Uh, yeah. For me, I think it's uh, the poetic song, which um, is not uh, very commonly practiced anymore unless you live in the community Mm. Uh, so this is where traditional knowledge is passed down you know i i remember uh, hearing a song by the elders that you know it sounded like an upbeat uh, fun song but the message in there was actually telling you about the dangers of a certain river and telling you how to maneuver it and it's a song that is taught to children you know and i thought this is this is amazing you know like we we found ways in how to uh you know you don't sit your child down and tell them okay be careful about the river it's going to get rough at this corner and this is how you do it because <laughs> no one's going to listen to your especially children but through song and how it's delivered i think that song and that that melody sticks with you and right. i think that's a like I said, it's something practical, but it's also something very beautiful. And still current and relevant to this day, in fact, right? Absolutely. Tell us about the Too Young Initiative and what you do. And also, like, how did the idea even start off? How did it come about? We want to know more. So I think 
you can kind of think of Tuyang as a, as a community-led creative management company uh, working particularly with Dayak cultural heritage. Mm-hmm. So Dayak is just a blanket term for Borneo Indigenous people. Uh, so what we do at Tuyang is we facilitate connections uh, for our cultural custodians or practitioners with industry. So ultimately, our goal is to provide opportunities for meaningful livelihood for our community practitioners right. um, and to groom more leaders to take lead in efforts to preserve our culture and tradition. Mm. Uh, so I think for, for me, the way it started, um, I, was, I was very aware of where my strengths were and my experience in, in industry because uh, I've been working in KL for more than 10 years prior. Right. I was working in the music business. I was working in advertising and corporate, including telco. Right. Uh, so this kind of gave me a greater understanding to to the landscape of different industries. And I wanted to use the, the knowledge and the skill sets that I've, I've gathered working in corporate and bring it back for something that I could do practically for for the community. Right. And the idea of it, I think it, it's there was a, a moment in time that uh, made me think a lot more. Mm. Um, and I remember it was during the time that I was working in corporate KL, and my uncle had passed away, oh. and I had to make the trip back from the heart of KLCC to go back to Longsan in Baram, right. uh, which is about four or five hours outside of Miri mm. uh, on timber or gravel road. Right. The, the journey back is always humbling and it's always a reminder of how, you know, how far things are, not just geographically, but also the contrast of the life uh, that I was living in, in the urban center to, uh, to where my family was. Right. And going back and, and seeing and remembering this man that, you know, uh, was the one who, took care of us every time we go back to the longhouse. You know, he's right. a great hunter. He's a great fisherman. He's a great cook. He knew his way around the jungle. He, he taught us a lot of things. And, you know, remembering that and his life and also seeing his wife and who was, to me, also an, another uh, amazing woman. Hmm. You know, she spoke multiple uh, dialect languages, also knew the ways of the jungle, knew how to forage, weave. But she is the one who asked me, you know, like, what will I do now that uh, my husband is gone? Mm. And I, I found that very perplexing because to me, both of them are so rich in, in knowledge and tradition and right. for them to feel like you know, there's nothing that they helpless. can do. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, is a very, very sad feeling. And, you know, making that trip back to KL um, after that got me thinking about, you know, when when I go back to the village, we feel very proud about who we are. But at the same time, there is this this um, sad underlying feeling that you know maybe they're they're not good enough. And I think it comes from uh, a lot of influences from the outside, you know, telling us that you know we need to to get an education, mm. do this, do that. But yeah. uh, it's just a different uh, cultural value system and who is to say what is right or wrong, right. right? And I think perception of what knowledge is, what, you know, having a PhD versus understanding the, um, the different uh, aspects of the forest mm. could be equally as valuable. So yes. I thought, I thought you know, there's something here. And I had a chat with my father about this. And we said to ourselves, 
we've got to find something that we can we can map out and understanding that uh, we need something that is innate within us, which is our culture, uh, part of our cultural identity. Uh, how can we still live the life that we love uh, while finding a way to return pride to our communities right. and at the same time build a meaningful livelihood and lead that effort, right? So right. we landed on our cultural heritage and yeah. our cultural identity is something that we can focus on and build on. So I think that's kind of the, the tipping point for me, I guess. You can say. It, it's amazing how the the loss of someone you love can lead to the birth of something that you love as well, which in this case is is the Too Young Initiative. I want to know, on a does it require for something like this to be able to take off and expand? How important is it for it to be commercially viable? Is that a very important aspect that it needs to be able to be sustainable financially? Yeah, absolutely. I think we decided that we needed to go the route of running a, a social business mm. as opposed to being a, a non-profit because we feel like we will have more um, autonomy in the decision making that we could embark on projects that we felt was right for us as as community practitioners, you know, working together with them and, and identifying is this what we want to do together? If so, great. Let's go and, and raise um, funding together to make things happen. Right. Uh, so uh, I think uh, doing it that way um, also helps teach our team, which is made out of a lot of young people from, from various uh, Dayak communities, actually, mm. um, to understand that while our cultural heritage is uh, equally as important, our life now in the urban centers require us to also sustain in a way that will enable us to do the work better. So right. it's not about reliance on on any any particular sources of of income or funding necessarily. It's about how we can generate that by creating value through what we do. So I think coming back to your question, I think it is it is important uh, because I feel like for what we do we are basically trying to walk the talk, right? Yeah. We are not telling our practitioners that, hey, you know, we're the gateway for you to help you do this. But it's also showing that it is viable, it is feasible, we're doing it um, as people who love our culture and, and leading this effort. Right. The same can be done for you. So uh, we're, we're practicing that. The Light Breakfast with Asha and Terry. Good morning. We are speaking to... An amazing person today, Juvita Tatanwan, founder of Too Young Initiative. And we've learned so much from you, uh, Juvita, today. And now we want to find out more about you, yourself. Can you share with us some of the stories of the Too Young's impact, of the Too Young Initiative's impact that you've treasured the most over the course of being involved in it and founding it, the most meaningful ones to you? Oh, I think we've got plenty in the, in the six years that we've been um, operating. But I'll probably choose three. So the first one is probably Kelunan, which is our first musical theatre in the Kayan and Kenya language. Right. Um, so back in 2018, we decided to bring together a couple of our elders and young cultural practitioners from our different communities to explore this idea. And 
we wanted to share our story in a way that was not um, not tourism centric. You know, not right. people just stand jumping on stages with feathers and beautiful outfits and just dancing. But mm. we wanted to contextualize what um, the dancers meant, what the songs meant. Mm. Uh, so we thought a musical theater format would work. Uh, so in 2019, uh, we staged that at Damansara Performing Arts Center for three nights, and and we had uh, amazing response. And, right. You know, and this was something that was developed by folks who were from 21 years old to 75 years old. You know, wow. and coming together and developing this format. You know, it, it obviously musical theater is is a foreign concept to a lot of our practitioners, but yeah. you know putting together this format that the the general audience could understand mm. uh, coming in and, and watching that was something that was uh, was very meaningful and the second part of that was the the folks who came together to develop this will in perpetuity gain royalty oh. as kalunan play, uh, will be staged down the line because right. uh, we feel that as a business as an arts company, we felt that it was also important to share, you know, the work that was put in uh, by by the practitioners and helping uh, our practitioners understand the different models that mm. are available out there uh, for them to share their culture. Right. What What does kalunan mean? Kalunan means people in the Kenyah and Kayan language. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. You mentioned that it's a musical. It's a it's an it's a stage musical performance how would we be yeah. able to experience this uh, if we wanted to where well, would we be able to experience it <laughs> well we're looking to stage it again in hopefully in KL or in other parts of the region uh, we right. were supposed to tour with it um, in 2020 to Singapore and Japan um, and KL but Unfortunately, we know what happened, happened in yeah. We know what happened <laughs> yeah. in twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, but we'll be back. I mean, uh, we're still exploring opportunities, and if there's anyone who's, you know, happy to give us a space and work in collaboration with us, we're happy to to come back to to KL to stage that. You um, heard I that? If it. you're out there with a space that's available, Kalunan is an amazing performative, uh, musical show on stage that's available to be staged. Just got to reach out to Juvita Tatan, one founder of the Too Young Initiative. Now, we also, you have a, a book that was released in that year instead because you could not tour in 2020, correct? Yeah, that's right. So, we conceptualized, um, you know, um, amongst the team because obviously being out there uh, for stage performances was not a possibility. So, we we started thinking about ways of how we can still share our culture and right. uh, all of us remember that the, the stories, the folklores that were shared to us by our grandparents and our elders and we said, hey, maybe we're onto something. Hmm. Yeah, nobody wants to hear pandemic news for too long and I think it's uh, hearing these stories from that talks about the beauty of the forest and the animals and, and I think was something that was also right in terms of timing and right. so a way to escape uh, yeah absolutely yeah. and and we started sharing those stories on our website and from there we said hey you know we we could possibly put this together as a book we were not book publishers obviously uh, so <laughs> it was it was something that i'm very proud of the team for for coming together and and uh putting it out there with it within 2020 itself we opened it up for pre-order uh, we had so much in interest from all around the world. Actually, we had uh, pre-orders all the way from Canada, 
um, all the way down to Australia. What's and, the and name of the, the book? Um, it's called Dayak Lore. Wow. And yeah, where can so, we get it? <laughs> you can you can visit us on thetuyang.com right. or thetuyang.com slash store. Uh, you'll be able to see a couple of um, our the work by our cultural practitioners there. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, the book's there. Uh, we've got some write-ups, uh, some sharing on the website as well. So feel What's free the website again? Sorry, the website again? It's thetuyang.com. Thetuyang.com, where we can find out about everything that the Tuyang Initiative is about, including this fantastic book and also how people can get involved. And I've learned, so I, I am definitely going to go to this website. I, there's so many things that I want to learn uh, about the Tuyang Initiative as well. And, you know, there's one thing we, we didn't get a chance to ask you up to this point, which is something we definitely want to know. Coming from Sarawak, how are you celebrating the Gawai Dayat this year? Well, this year it's spending some quality time with my immediate family. Yeah. I'm actually based in Miri so I'm uh, just going to head over to my, my parents place uh, they've just relocated back to Sarawak after years of living in KL Right. Um, so there will most likely be a lot of food drinks and a lot of merrymaking so friends relatives and uh, will probably pop by lah. I love so, it that's a, the Malaysian yeah. way food and yeah. drinks and family absolutely Absolutely, regardless of, of the culture, it, that, that seems to be the, the common ground. And are, are there any um, traditional practices that you, you still do during the, the celebration? Well, I'd love to say that there's something that we do traditionally. Uh, but you know, as, as I shared, things that, that binds us is still uh, the singing, the dancing, yeah. the merrymaking. So yeah. I, I would like to say... Karaoke. Would be the tradition. <laughs> <I love it>. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's now getting universal. You know, like it, it, it is part of our culture, but it we've is. got a we've we've got an urban method of delivering it these days. You know, a so. modern twist to it. Yes, is <laughs> the yeah. same traditional enjoyment of music and voice, but with yep. a modern turn that is appreciated by everyone. Because hey, why not make use of modernity when you can? Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, Juvita. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. And a reminder to everyone to find out more, head on over to the website of the Tuyang Initiative. Again, the website, Juvita? It's thetuyang.com. Thank you so much and have a fantastic day and a fantastic Gawai Daya. Thank you, Terry. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.